Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Thursday, June 24th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. A quarter of the tax revenue from Illinois recreational marijuana sales goes back to communities that suffered the most from the war on drugs. The money is distributed through grants for community projects. Some in the state wonder if the funding is accessible for most organizations. And so if you aren't an agency that's established, if you didn't already have grant writers, you were going to be very challenged. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt examines whether Illinois is keeping its promise to invest in underserved communities. The Missouri legislature is in special session to address renewing a tax that funds most of the state's share of Medicaid payments. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports, the roadblocks that stalled the effort during the regular session are still in place. Conservative Republicans, especially in the Senate, want to add on measures that will prohibit reimbursement for birth control, including IUDs and Plan B pills, as well as disallow any funding for health care provided by Planned Parenthood. Democratic Senator Brian Williams of University City says the legislature has passed the tax for decades without any amendments. I don't think that it's about uh, being pro-life. I think this is about political pandering. I think this is about folks wanting to, to make headlines over policy. And I truly think that we're going to put our state in, in, in severe risk. Three different bills were introduced to the Senate, a version with just the FRA and two with the restrictions. All three were sent to a committee for debate. In Jefferson City, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. A Cole County judge has ruled a voter-approved initiative expanding Medicaid is unconstitutional. Voters backed a measure in 2020 expanding Medicaid to the working poor, single people who make about $17,800 a year. The legislature refused to appropriate money for the plan, and three women sued over that decision. Cole County Judge John Beatum says the amendment runs afoul of a constitutional provision barring initiative petitions that require appropriation of revenues. The argument is similar to the position held by Republicans like House Budget Chairman Cody Smith. And if we're going to expand Medicaid, preferably the constitutional amendment would have had that mechanism with which uh, it would be paid for. And I feel like Missouri voters were only really given half of the story when that question was put on the ballot. Attorneys for the plaintiffs pushing for Medicaid expansion say they will appeal. The Archdiocese of St. Louis is acknowledging involvement in slavery in its early years. The diocese's first bishop, Joseph Rosati, and its first archbishop, Peter Kenrick, purchased and owned people. The Archdiocese launched its Forgive Us Our Trespasses project to uncover the names of church leaders and clergy involved in slavery and the names of enslaved people. Joyce Jones is on the executive committee overseeing the project. You cannot move forward until you acknowledge that you that a wrong has been committed and we are acknowledging that a wrong was committed and we're asking for forgiveness at the same time so far the initiative has found the names of 85 enslaved people the commander of the st louis metropolitan pandemic task force is being deployed to kuwait as a u.s army reservist dr alex garza will deploy in july for four months Other hospital representatives on the task force will take over Garza's duties. An experiment by two Lindbergh High School 10th graders is not going into space today as planned. 
the equipment to figure out if tools can be printed with 3D technology in orbit has been lost by FedEx. The experiment by Dylan Rice in Barrage Pokeril was supposed to go up on a rocket from a NASA facility in Virginia. Rice says they found out about that lost research material earlier this week. I'm upset because it was going to be really cool. They're planning to reschedule it for next year. So fingers crossed that that goes well. FedEx is looking for the package that contains the experiments. The launch of the students' work was also delayed last year because of the pandemic. When Illinois lawmakers legalized recreational marijuana in 2019, they promised a chunk of the new tax revenue would go directly to communities unfairly affected by the war on drugs. That money is now starting to flow in the form of grants, and it's supposed to help address long-standing issues in historically underserved parts of the state. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports Illinois is living up to this promise in some ways, but in others, it's falling short. 25% of the tax revenue from cannabis sales goes to the state's Restore, Reinvest, and Renew grant program, known as R3. This year, that's about $32 million. State leaders say the program will bankroll projects in underserved communities that haven't had funding in the past. This prospect thrilled Dana Williams, the executive director of the Community Wellness Project in East St. Louis. We were very excited to know that Illinois was actually going to use some of the tax revenue and put it back into the community so that we could develop programs and services to help reduce high-risk behaviors. Williams applied for a little more than $200,000 to enhance her organization's sexual health services. She felt like she had a strong application, but Williams' proposal wasn't included in the grants announced in January. The amount of money that we were requesting, it was literally less than the drop in the bucket. It would have really provided some real hands-on community work that is so needed in the area. The grants are administered by the Illinois Criminal Justice Information Authority, and 80 organizations and governmental bodies across the state received the initial awards, including three projects focused in Metro East communities. Nearly 400 groups applied in the first round. After writing the application last year, Williams says the R3 grant program didn't feel accessible for most community-based organizations. And so if you aren't an agency that's established, if you didn't already have grant writers, you were going to be very challenged. She says she felt comfortable applying, but only because she regularly writes grants as they're her organization's main source of funding. Dewanda Crockrell, who directs the Joe Roberts Youth Club in Venice, says she didn't consider applying at first because she felt the program was too complex for her smaller organization to manage. Crockerell did write a grant application, but only after the city of Madison approached her to apply as a collective along with the Quad City Community Development Center. Still, she says the application's 20-page limit was daunting. That alone was scary for an application. Some of the details that they were looking for, an average not-for-profit with primarily volunteers would not have been able to complete it. A spokesperson for the authority says the agency prioritized accessibility for smaller-scale applicants by providing training and community community engagement. They also say the authority will continue to review and update the application process for future rounds of funding. 
Crockerell helped the city of Madison successfully win a $92,000 grant to perform a risk assessment of the community. But she says she hasn't been able to get the project off the ground because the state spent months reviewing every part of the application's budget. Crockerell says the total grant, of which her organization would only see $30,000, isn't worth the amount of work from the state. By making it so stringent, a lot of the smaller organizations such as ours are considering pulling out the process completely. This isn't the case for all applicants, though. Henrietta Young directs the Griffin Center After School Program in East St. Louis, which has been able to broaden its curriculum because of R3. With this funding, um, we can hire the additional staff and get the equipment, uh, computers, etc. that we would need. Its partner organization, Catholic Urban Programs, was part of an $830,000 award to six East St. Louis-based organizations to expand out-of-school programming. The grant received final administrative approval in April. Young says the funds allow them to seriously consider opening another center in the city and hire someone to strengthen their relationship with the schools. We have not had advocates in the school setting like we would have liked, so now we're looking for an educational advocate who will go into the schools, speak with the teachers, and then uh, see why our kids are not doing well in certain subject areas. Tony Muhammad is the executive director of Catholic Urban Programs and says R3 provides essential resources for the area, especially after the coronavirus exposed long-standing inequities. The children in this community need this funding. Beyond Catholic Urban Programs, Muhammad says the R3 grant demonstrates the collaborative power between her organization and others in the community and their ability to show leaders in Illinois what the area needs. And they show up and supported us with this funding, especially in East St. Louis. It's better to work as the collective than as individual organizations to make the greatest impact for the children. The money behind R3 will only grow as Illinois' recreational cannabis industry expands, and Muhammad says she expects the collaborative will look to renew for more funding in the future. I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.